Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And this is kind of a follow-up. It's not an after-action review. I kind of thought we might have an intimate discussion and testimonies about uh, Sunday night. And if you have those, I definitely want to hear about them. Uh, And we, as a congregation, need to hear about them. Talking about Kevin and Annie's ministry. But uh, this this message certainly is a follow-up to what we do Uh, What do we do now? How do we walk this out? And none of this should be brand new to anybody in here. Uh, Don't feel bad if it is, but there's nothing. We're going deep tonight. This is a stir you up by way of reminder kind of message. But let me ask you a simple question. How many of you honestly believe in the power of prayer? Yeah. If you don't believe in the power of prayer, you don't believe the Bible because the Bible says some very specific things about what we should expect when we pray. A small sample, you know, James 5.16 says that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then he goes on to give some extraordinary examples of that from the word of God. Jesus himself said, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have them. That's a pretty cut and dried statement, isn't it? Uh, You can look at this one, if you would, or look at it on the screen, or open your Bibles to 1 John 5. 1 John chapter 5, beginning in verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. I'll come back to that here in just a minute. James again says, uh, you have not because you ask not. Jesus again, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. We know God answers prayer. We know the Bible tells us to expect our prayers to be answered. Now the reason I like the passage in 1 John so much is it includes what I consider to be a very important control uh, statement there, you know, the parameters of those expectations, which is according to his will. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know we have the petitions we asked of him, whatever we ask, right? And uh, this is a discussion part of the, like I told you, we, we talked for hours between meetings on Sunday. It was a long day, but we had a very rich discussion over lunch. Uh, that included this very thing, talking about some, uh, you know, some of the old Holy Ghost meetings that, that we had and, and what I would consider to be extra-biblical manifestations, meaning things that we don't necessarily see uh, described or certainly not proscribed in the Bible, but that, don't, that they aren't anti-scriptural either. They don't violate any scripture. God can do whatever he wants, but he's not going to do anything that violates his word. Uh, but when it comes to these extra-biblical manifestations... Can we exercise faith for those? Right? Because faith begins where the will of God is known, where God has revealed his will to us. These are things that we stand, we claim, we ask, and we believe, and we expect. Where God has revealed his will. You can have all the faith in the world, but if it's not based on the revealed will of God, it's not biblical faith. The example I love to give 
is that scene, I know you've heard me describe it, let me describe it again. There's that scene in the Indiana Jones movie, whichever it was, what was it, the, the Last Crusade, where he said, that's the one where he's looking for the, the chalice. And he, he's got this map, and he has to step out over this chasm. Do you remember this scene? And the map clearly tells him there's a bridge there, but there's no bridge. He can see no bridge. So it's this step of faith, and when he steps out, then he has this perspective, and he can see what turns out to be not an invisible bridge, but a very well-camouflaged bridge. And once he's out there, then he can feel it under his feet, then he can see it, but he had to take a step. And the, the illustration there is, that bridge doesn't represent faith, that bridge represents truth. Okay? If it's not there, it's not there. And no matter how much Indiana Jones believed that bridge was there, if it wasn't there, he's falling. All right? No matter if you are 100% convinced of something that's not true, it doesn't change the truth. Now, if you are not convinced, it's still true, but it won't help you if you don't believe it. So it's faith joining with truth with the revealed will of God. Now, Jesus... Likewise says this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask whatever you ask what you will and it will be done unto you. He didn't just say ask what you will and it will be done unto you. Ask what you will and it will be done to you if you're abiding in me and my words are abiding in you. It's that control statement again. So, then we come back to this. This again is faith 101. Uh, is it God's will? For us to be healed. Has that been revealed in the will of God? Yes it has. Is it God's will that I be well supplied? Yes. Now everybody was very enthusiastic when I said. Does God answer prayer? Or uh, do you believe in the power of prayer? There was an enthusiastic yes. None of these are trick questions. Okay. So if you're not enthusiastic in your response. And you know me. I don't need a lot of amen. Okay. But. This is a yes, this, is, this part's a discussion. And if you don't believe it, if, you, if you're confused about the answer, then fine, don't answer. But if you are convinced, then say it. Is it God's will that I be healed? Yes. Is it God's will that I be well supplied? Has this been revealed in scripture? Yes. Is it God's will that I walk in victory over the devil? Yes. Is it God's will that my children walk in faith? Yes. Is it God's will that I go into all the world and preach the gospel? Yes. Is it God's will that none should perish? Yes. Is it God's will that I pray for those in authority? Yeah. It, uh, we could go on for a while, couldn't we? So every one of those things, every one of those things is clearly revealed as God's will to us in the Bible. Chapter and verse for every one of those things, several for most of those things. So according to Jesus, my words abide in you, your words abide in me. Uh, my words abide in you, and you abide in me. Ask what you will to be done unto you. First John five fourteen. This is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we've asked of him. So I can pray for everything that I just said. There, that's not limited to that, obviously. We, could go, we really could go on and on. But those are things that really, should, that, that really do touch us day to day. And I can pray for every one of those things, confident that I know I'm praying according to God's will, right? I can pray with an expectation. I can pray confidently knowing that what I am praying for is something that God wants me to have or that God wants me to do. Therefore, I can expect the yes. 
Here is the question. What would be wrong then with praying this way? I'm going to pray a long prayer here or read a, a long example of a prayer associated with everything we just read and talked about. Dear Lord, I pray the following in accordance with your word, with your revealed will in the Bible. Thank you for healing my body. I receive healing by faith, and I receive it once and for all for the rest of my life. I thank you that you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. I receive that abundant supply once and for all for the rest of my life. Thank you for loving my children and placing them in a household of faith. I declare that they will know you and serve you and love you, and I will rest on that assurance starting now, once and for all, for the rest of my life. I thank you for the victory you won over Satan at the cross, and I declare that I will walk in that victory because I bind Satan from my life once and for all for the rest of my life. I ask you to fill me with the boldness of the Holy Spirit and grant me opportunities to preach the good news to the lost. I expect it to happen starting now for the rest of my life. I pray now for those in authority and for all those that will be in authority for the rest of my life that you would guide them, protect them, and surround them with, with wise counsel. Thank you for protecting me from harm as you have promised me in your word. You said you would give your angels charge over me and they would bear me up lest I dash my foot against a stone. I receive that protection by faith once and for all, starting now for the rest of my life. I lift the lost up to you now, Lord, and I pray that you send laborers into the harvest, that you would convict the sinners, open their ears, open their hearts to your word, and that all will come to salvation. And I ask these things by faith. In the name of Jesus, amen. What is wrong with that? Why can I not just pray once for those things, if they are God's will, and just be done with them? No, that was rhetorical. You're not answering me now. I don't know, but he was getting ready to spoil my sermon, I think. <laughs> Listen, there are a number of ways to answer this. A number, and I think you all know intuitively, and maybe, maybe specifically and scripturally, we can't do that. I mean, then we can go on to pray about other things, right? But hey, look, if it's God's will for me to be healed, I claim it now, and I'm done claiming it. I speak it over my body. I speak it over my kids. I speak protection, provision, all this stuff. God wants me to have it. I'm praying for it. And it goes for, it's, it's kind of like the old joke. You know, you haven't told me you loved me in, in a while, honey. Well, I told you I loved you when we got married. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. No, we need to hear it every day, right? If you're here with your spouse, look at them right now and say, I love you. Beth, I love you. We say it all the time, don't we? Anyway, there's a number of ways to approach this, but I want to answer it by looking at two well-known passages of Scripture. And the first one is Lamentations chapter 3. I'll just read it up there. Beginning in verse 22. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. They are new every morning. And we, we sing that, right? It's 
steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. And we need that because... I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself, and that's okay. When we go to God to confess our sin, we know we've blown it. And uh, if we confess, if we agree with God, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's written to the believer. So if I blow it today, I want to go to God today and say, God, I'm sorry. You know, I blew it. You know it. I know it. And I'm asking your forgiveness, but I'm asking with an expectation. Is, does it ever enter into my mind that he's going to say, no, not this time? Uh, talk to me tomorrow. I'm still a little upset about this. No. Uh, God is merciful. God has the power to forgive. God has the will to forgive. Most importantly, though, when he offers forgiveness, he does it without violating his sense of justice. God is a just God. Now, how does he do that? Because of the cross because of the finished work of the cross. So when I go to ask him for forgiveness, I know I'm going to hear a yes because I'm asking for something he already paid for. He's already said it belongs to me. But I still confess. I still pray. And I need to do that today. And I need to do that whenever it happens because, and I know it's, I love this verse because it's not, oh, you're wearing me out with this. Fresh supply, new mercies every morning. It's a new day. So it's not, it's yesterday's prayers aren't going to sustain me. They're not going to, to uh, relieve me. I need to confess. And again, it's, it's not a matter of going to confession, the matter of, oh, oh, there was an unconfessed sin there that I didn't deal with, therefore I'm hellbound. Nothing like that. But let me read on here because there's another passage. In Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 8. Now this is Jesus uh, teaching his disciples to pray. And he says this, beginning in verse 8. Matthew 6, 8. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Give us this day our daily bread. Now this, remember when Jesus, this is what we call the Lord's Prayer. It's really not. It's, it's, uh, I like my friend Judd Travis always refers to this as the model prayer. He never calls it the Lord's Prayer. If you want to read the Lord's Prayer, read in John, John 17. Uh, but that's the, that's the prayer that Jesus prayed. But this is the model prayer. And he offers it, again, he's not saying pray this prayer. He's saying pray after this manner. Here's a model. Here's a framework. And when he gets to where he says, give us this day our daily bread, he is not saying only pray for bread. I believe, well, I think it's obvious. This is broadly applies to all of our needs. What do I need today? What do I need to sustain me? What did Jesus call healing? He called it the children's bread. The children's bread. This is part of our uh, sustenance. Divine healing. And so when I need something today, I ask him 
today. If I have a need today, I approach him. All right? Now, I'm going to address this whole idea because in Word of Faith, we're kind of big on uh, don't ask for something twice because that means you don't believe you received it the first time. And healing is kind of in a separate category there because, again, it's something that's bought and paid for. He has, when he sent the disciples out, and by extension, you and me, he gave us authority over all kinds of diseases, right, and evil spirits. So we, we deal with that a little bit differently. I'll try to get to that and address it. What I'm trying to get through to you, though, is the, there's a lot wrapped up in that one little phrase, give us this day our daily bread. Because when he says pray after this manner and then includes that phrase, he's saying you pray every day. Every day is different. Every day has got different challenges. You're going to be experiencing different needs, different desires. You pray about those that day. You can't just say, well, here's my prayer, my general prayer for the week. Take care of everything, God. I trust you. Amen. Be specific. Be timely. Deal with what's... Uh, and it's more honest that way. And, and kind of tied to that is, you know, um, forgive us our debts or our trespasses. Uh, as we forgive our debtors or those who trespass against us, and it, you can see that uh, you can see that one of two ways. I see it a combat. I see it. I don't see it as uh, conflicting in any way. I sort of see it kind of a combination there, where he says, uh, "As we forgive those who trespass against us, or as we forgive our debtors, it's in the same manner. Since we are forgiving them, you forgive us. You forgive us, and we'll imitate you by 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 forgiving them. But it also could be at the same time." As we, in the process of our forgiving those who trespass against us, we believe you're going to forgive our trespasses. Okay? And let me just say, by the way, you know, because he goes on there then to say, if you don't forgive uh, uh, their trespasses, neither will my Father in heaven forgive yours. Does that mean unforgiveness will keep you out of heaven? I don't believe it does. Because I think there is a big difference between iniquity and trespasses. Iniquity refers to our, uh, the sin nature, sinfulness, and that's what's been washed clean at the cross. We are no longer iniquitous. We're, we're the righteousness of God in Christ. Trespasses are individual acts of sin, and I believe the best application of that when Jesus is saying, if you don't forgive those who trespass against you, those who commit sins against you, then God is not going to Uh, free you from the uh, repercussions or consequences of your sin. Okay? Now, again, many of us are, yeah, there's something, you commit the sin of jumping out a window to end your life and repent on the way down, you are probably still going to suffer the consequences of jumping out the window. Okay? But there's seed that you have planted with your words, with your action, that you need to pray that God digs up or that we need to dig up by renouncing those things. And if we've hurt people, Okay, uh, we really need to ask their forgiveness. And if they've hurt us, we really need to sow forgiveness into their lives. When Jesus talked about sowing and, and uh, 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 when he talked about sowing and reaping and giving and receiving, he was talking in the context of forgiveness. If you read that passage, it doesn't mean it doesn't apply to our money. Uh, but, you know, be, be merciful and you'll, and, and the, and the, and you'll be shown mercy. Same, same uh, concept here. I believe that uh, the more forgiving we are, the, the, uh, the, the great example I always come up with is um, 
I always remember is, uh, I think it was Keith Green, uh, who had a camera stolen. I've shared this before, right? Where he was, he realized somebody had stolen a camera. It was, it was fairly new. He was really missing it. He was angry, and so he prayed, and he said, God, I just pray that uh, whoever stole that camera gets caught, that you'll punish them, that you won't, rem- that you won't forget that, that you'll track this guy down, and, you know, basically make him suffer. And uh, God said, I'll be glad to do that, Keith, if you don't mind me bringing up every evil thing you've ever done. And then Keith's like, you know what, Lord, I just give that camera away in Jesus' name. I pray that he's blessed with it, you know. And so, anyway, got off track there. Here's what I'm saying. When we, if, if we approach this, uh, if we look at this daily bread as we forgive those who sin against us as a process, then we see this idea of this isn't just a, a, a one-time thing. This is a daily thing addressing specific needs specific situations for the day. Now, do we claim or do we ask? Do we just give thanks and praise? Do we ask only once? Uh, Depending on what we're praying for, and again, I'll put healing in a separate category and address that here in a second. Uh, the, The way I'd answer is, hey, it's a new day, so new pray. It's a new day, new pray. Don't be afraid to ask him. You're asking for the needs of that day, and if the need from the previous day remains, ask anew. Don't do it as a matter of, well, God, I'm still waiting. Hey, it's a new day. There's new mercies, new sunrise. Hey, Lord, this is a need I have today. Don't worry about the fact that it was a need you had yesterday, too. You ask, you ask with confidence. Healing, I still... I know this is not going to strike everybody the same way. I still don't get too hung up on it if people ask God for a healing touch. To me, it's kind of like uh, if it's the children's bread, to to carry on that illustration. The loaf of bread has been paid for. It's yours for the asking. It's your bread. It's kind of like we go in, uh, Dad, can I have a sandwich? My kids do this all the time still. I've got a 16-year-old son, I still make a sandwich when when he wants a sandwich. I don't do it right, Dad. I like your sandwiches. Uh, yeah, and I really don't mind doing that because if he does make a sandwich, there is no lunch meat left. Just bread. <laughs> anyway. but no, can I have a slice of bread? Absolutely. There's no question it's going to be a yes, right? Uh, but at the same time, uh, even though we're knowing that it's a yes and amen, even though we're thankful in our anticipation of the manifestation of that healing, whether you start and I'm speaking now specifically of healing. If you start with the ask, switch very quickly over to the speak. Start speaking, because this goes back to, and this is why I kind of put healing in a different category. Again, I don't think God's going to go like this if we ask, but what the better position to take, since he has given us authority over sickness and disease, is to speak to the disease, to speak to the sickness, to speak to the symptoms, speak to the underlying cause, all of it, in the name of Jesus. Standing on the, on, on the clear truth that's been revealed that sickness was defeated along with our sin. Now the reason I say I don't think God gets upset is because I also don't think he gets upset when we ask forgiveness. He forgave us the same time he healed us. Or he healed us the same time he forgave us. It was all done as part of the same process. Okay? But the expectation, of course, is it's always yes. Now, when you ask forgiveness, do you immediately lose your sense of guilt? I don't, not always. 
sooner the better, because God's not holding me guilty, but I can still feel bad about that for some time, depending on what the sin was or who I sinned against or you know, ma- mainly what it was. Likewise, but I don't sit there, even though I still feel that, I don't doubt that I have been forgiven. Theologically, I know I'm in good shape. I'm forgiven. God's not holding that against me. Everything's clean. With sickness, I might not feel the immediate effects of the healing that Jesus purchased for me 2,000 years ago. All right? But I still believe I'm healed. All right? It's a little bit harder to ignore sometimes if it's a very painful thing that I'm... I'm desire to be freed from. But the bottom line is this. It's a new day. Like I said a minute ago, new day, new pray. New day, new say. Keep speaking to it. Try to get it out of your mind that it's been three days already. It's been three months already. It's been three years already, and I've been speaking to it. It's a new day, new say. Say it again. Say it again. Don't, don't lose hope. Don't lose your confession. Hold fast to it. You've got to walk it out. You've got to work it out. You've got to speak it daily. You're in it for the long haul. By faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. And praise God when it happens fast. But sometimes, a, a slow miracle is still a miracle. I was just having this conversation with Jim Knight before, before church. A slow miracle is still a miracle. Because uh, if it's a miraculous healing, it's a, it's a healing that's taking place beyond medicine, beyond natural causes we can explain. What I have experienced in my life, and uh, you know, the encouragement I got from uh, Kevin's message particularly on Sunday morning, but Annie's too on Sunday night, this, the, the power of our testimony. Continue to tell these stories and remind people what God has done for you. Revine yourself what God has done for you. I need to give you the whole, and instead of the short middle of a sermon version of, of my healing testimony from my back, I need to share the whole thing with you sometime. Obviously, I don't have time tonight, but I will soon uh, because it still serves as kind of an anchor for me because it's something I experienced. Now, it didn't happen soon, but it happened suddenly. And that's a very exciting thing. Now, best of all is, I pray, I speak, and I receive the manifestation. I see it happening in my life just like I see it happening when Jesus spoke to sickness and disease. Um, but again, if it's a slow miracle where the next day, I'm better. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm clearly not what I was yesterday. And then a week later, hey, I'm 40% better. Can't explain it. There's no medical reason I'm getting better, but I'm getting better. I'm going to continue speaking to it. I'm going to continue speaking to it, right? We've been there. Most, many of us have been there. In the, in the case of my back, it was I speak to it, and I'm no better, and I'm no better, and I'm no better, and I'm no better, and I'm no better for a couple of months. And then I was all the way better the next day. Fred Price told this story. The very first camp meeting uh, message I heard, I'm summer before my freshman year. We're there in the Civic Center in Tulsa, and Fred Price happened to be speaking. I believe this story might be in his book, Faith, Foolishness, or Presumption, but he talked about having a tumor, I believe, in his chest. Is that right? And uh, he was lying in bed, and, and you know, he'd gotten a hold of the word of faith, and he starts speaking to this tumor. And he talked about how day by day that tumor grew as he's speaking to it. We want to see it shrink. But he said, you know what else was growing? My faith. So the tumor's here, and my faith is here. A week later, the tumor's here, but my faith is here. 
I'll do it like this. Tumor's here. My faith is here. Another week goes by. Tumor's here. My faith is here. I'm not seeing any results. All I'm seeing is the tumor growing. But one day, my faith was here, and the tumor was gone. This is what I share from the heart. How tragic would it be to find out you were one day's confession away from seeing a suddenly when you gave up? And you can come back at me and say, Scott, I know people who died confessing healing. I do too. What did they lose by confessing healing, though? Man, I believe I'm going to win. I believe I'm going to be victorious over sickness in my life. I believe that's a promise of God. I'm going to stand on it. Thank God I have experienced it in my life. But if I go down, I am going down fighting. All right? I'm not going to throw in the towel. Don't you either. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family. You owe it to the, to the body. We owe it to each other to be fighters. I know we are going to see the victory in the many, many things. I would have loved to see more 100% instant manifestations the other night. But I absolutely believe that the improvements people experienced, they experienced. And if we will just follow up on that, say, thank you, God, for the work that, has, that is taking place in my body. I know my healing is 100% paid for, and therefore I'm going to receive 100% manifestation of it. And I thank you, Lord, that my faith is growing. I, and I may not feel better today than I did yesterday, but I felt better yesterday than I did the day before. I'm not letting go. Thank you, God, for healing me. Sickness, pain, be gone from my body. You have no right to be there. Jesus Christ has already borne you in his body. You're squatting. I'm evicting you. Speak these things day by day. New day, new pray. New day, new say. Day by day, say and pray. This is what we're supposed to do. Walk this out. And it's not tedious. It's really not. uh, Because it doesn't take long. You don't have to spend all day speaking to your sickness. But we have to get, and it's not just sickness. It's needs in our life. It's all these things that make life hard. We're supposed to be walking in victory over these things because they serve as distractions and pull us away. They pull our attention. In many cases, they pull our resources, you know, with the expense of medical care. They pull us away from fulfilling the Great Commission. I don't want to be thinking about how bad I feel or how sick I am or, or, or anything else. Look at this coronavirus thing, man. This is... Uh, I, listen, I'm not an expert about this stuff. I've listened, I've, I see the news every day. Oh, the count's gone up. Body count's up. Uh, diagnosis are up. The, the, the fatality rate, the percentage is alarming. But it's still, what, 1% to 2%. And uh, it, that's going to go down, I promise. I heard a, I don't remember who it was, a doctor. And I've read several reports backing this up. You know, it's different people. Not everybody's going to say the same thing. But many of them are saying... I guarantee you there are tens of thousands of people who have had the coronavirus and recovered, never knew they had it, just mild symptoms. And once they start accounting for all the people who had it and got over it just like the normal flu, they're going to realize that the fatality rate is just like any other strain of influenza. But what are we seeing? Stock market dropping 900 points in a day. We're seeing at Walmart of all places, the shelves empty of Lysol, of... uh, yeah, Germex, that sort of thing. Uh, they had some at Sam's the other day, but they were limiting people to one four-pack. 
You could only buy one. And people are stocking. They would go and wiping out the shelves and selling it for 15 bucks a, a bottle. Uh, it's, you know, we've got voting in here in a, a couple weeks, and they've got to come in and disinfect the place and, and continually disinfect it because of this. Uh, man, so you pray about it. God, give me a word about coronavirus. What do you, is there anything in the Bible you've said about coronavirus? Is this predicted? He himself bore our infirmities. By his stripes I'm healed. That's what, that's what God has to say about the coronavirus, as far as I'm concerned. Same thing he says about colds. Same thing he says about cancer. And every other disease that is named. Isn't that good news? Don't give up. Don't stop fighting. Whatever it is. I know we focused on healing tonight. And because, again, this was a follow-up from Kevin and Andy. And you can stand up. Emily, if you want to come up here, you're going to play a little something. Uh, the last thing I'll say is something that, again, I almost always say when I talk about this, when I'm not praying for the sick, but we're talking about healing, is make it your habit to speak to your body, to speak to your needs, to speak to your circumstances every day, even if you are not currently fighting a battle. Because you need to acknowledge that, yes, yes, the Bible clearly encourages hard work, Discipline, self-control, things that are conducive to being out of debt, things that are conducive to the health of your body. But let's never lose sight of the fact that it is all a gift from God. Yes, you can work hard. Yes, you can work out and eat right. But at the end of the day, you could, if you're just going by the natural, your fortune and your health could be wiped out in an hour if just the wrong set of circumstances comes along. So what do we do? We say, thank you, God. It's a gift from you. Everything I have belongs to you. And I'm trusting you to to continue to supply my needs, to make me a source of supply, to heal my body and make me a conduit of your healing power in others, others' lives. Help me to focus not on my lack and not on my lack of lack. Help me focus not on my sickness and not on my healing, but help me keep my focus on living the gospel and preaching the gospel. People still need to hear it. And deep down inside, there are a lot of people who still want to hear it. Be bold. Be bold with this. Uh, we've, we talked about you know, wanting to see these things, not just in the church, but out there, being bold about praying for people. But it's more important, you know, to talk about Jesus, to talk about salvation, to talk about heaven and hell. Uh, and people really aren't as closed to that as maybe we've been led to believe. Yes, society is becoming more secular. But there are still millions and millions and millions of people uh, who are very responsive to the gospel if it's lived before them and properly uh, presented to them. So be bold about that. And again, let's walk in victory over these things so we can focus on that and not just getting out of our problems. Amen? So, quickly, first step, of course, is being a child of God. If you are not a believer, if you are not born again, saved, whatever terminology you want to use, then none of this applies to you. You don't have this. The, the, The healing that Jesus purchased doesn't belong to you yet. 
He purchased your salvation. He actually did purchase your healing, but you don't receive that. The salvation itself is not manifested in your life until you look to him, look to the cross, and say to him, yes, yes, Lord, I am a sinner. I can't save myself. I am guilty before you, but I thank you for the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, Jesus Christ on the cross, and I receive that as payment for my sin. I believe that Jesus is Lord, and I believe that you have raised him from the dead, and according to your word, with my confession and believing that in my heart, I've now become a child of God. Thank you for saving me. If you've never prayed that prayer or a version of it, would like to be saved right now, soon as I'm done praying this prayer, I want you to come up here. Everybody else, I'll be praying something else, and this needs to be a part of your confession and prayer. You don't need to repeat it, and amen will do. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, and we thank you for being so good to us and revealing the specifics of your will. Don't ever let us fall into the trap that every nasty thing that happens is some part of your mysterious will to make us better people. You've given us brains, you've given us minds, you've given us souls to understand there's a difference between good and bad. And that sickness is bad. Poverty is bad. That's why you desire to prosper us, you desire to heal us, you desire to make us whole in every area of our lives. So Father, by faith we reach out and we claim that wholeness, that healing, and that superabundant provision that you clearly have expressed your will for in our lives. We receive it, we thank you for it, and we speak it into our lives. Help us to remember tomorrow, Lord, when we wake up that it's a new day. Help us to walk and speak authoritatively to every circumstance in our lives. And we believe, Father, that as we continue to be faithful in our walk and in our confession, that we will manifestly enjoy all of your expressed blessings and promises in our lives. Thank you for it, Lord. I believe, I ask you now, Lord, if there is anybody uh, in this room or who can hear me outside this room who does not know you as Father, has never yielded their lives and called upon the saving power of the cross, that you would move on them now, Holy Spirit, as only you can do. Convict them, convince them of their need for salvation and grant them the wisdom, the humility, and the boldness to come and receive that free gift of eternal life today. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all the believers said, Amen. God bless you as you come. Let's go ahead and sing some. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.